Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, June 9th, 5.13 a.m. Central Time. Brian Split, thank you for joining us early this morning. We've got a mixed trade in the grain markets. Uh, Mackenzie, we want to start off today with this new drought monitor, which looks just a little bit worse. Yes, it definitely is. So USDA released its weekly drought monitor data yesterday. Almost 55% of the contiguous U.S. is in some level of drought this week, compared to 50% last week and 58% last year. Heavy rains across western portions of the central and southern Great Plains caused widespread drought improvement over the last week. Drought conditions throughout the Corn Belt continue to worsen with above normal temperatures and very little moisture. However, the region is forecast to receive rain over the next seven days. So when we look at percentages of areas impacted by the drought, 45% of corn country is dealing with some level of drought. Soybeans, 39%, winter wheat, 47%, spring wheat, 5%, and cattle country, uh, 40%. Here's your uh, week over week change. So it, it does look worse this week than it did last week. Uh, Brian, I've been told by some people or asked by some people, when will the market start to care about this? I know like new crop corn futures, yeah, they're what, 30, 40 cents from the low, but I think people had maybe expected like a better rally. Is it just too early in the in the season? I mean, I, I think it's uh, early. There's been some data that suggests that you can have a very dry April or May uh, or even June and still have a, a record crop. Um, and I think the other part of the problem, too, is just the demand side of the balance sheet. USDA yeah. is using an awful lot of demand year over year um, that uh, uh, they could easily take out over time to help accommodate a lower yield number. Um, so I think that's the game that we're going to be seeing the USDA play over the next few months. I had to throw it in here. Here's the 2012 comparison again. It, it looks worse right now. Uh, for this week in time than it did in 2012, I would probably argue. But this is June 6th and not July 6th, that extra month of time. If it still looks this bad a month from now, then you've probably got a serious problem on your hands, right? Yeah, so does the rain over the weekend verify in the eastern Corn Belt is question number one. Does the rain that's in the extended part of the models verify is question number two. Yeah. Um, and if the answers to those are yes, then um, we're not going to see a repeat of 2012. But if we get into you know June 20th, June 30th, and it still looks like that, we're going to have a, a bigger story on our hands. There is a little bit of rain on the radar here uh, this morning, Mackenzie. Yeah, rains are moving over eastern South Dakota this morning. Rain will continue into parts of Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska this weekend and into early next week. This morning's seven-day government forecast offers about one inch of rain to a good chunk of the Corn Belt over the next seven days, although any sort of widespread storm, storm system is lacking. The Euro model is mostly dry for Illinois and Indiana in particular this this morning, the 10-day GFS is wetter by comparison. The longer-term GFS offers rain for the entire Corn Belt through June 25th, although many meteorologists believe that the output is too wet. 
Yeah, this GFS, any of the models really beyond seven, eight, nine, ten days are not that great in terms of predicting rainfall. So this is going to be, again, a big deal like over the weekend, uh, what kind of rain actually falls. Here's what fell uh, just over the last 72 hours. There were areas that caught some rain, parts of uh, southern Minnesota, looks like eastern part of the Dakotas, parts of central Iowa. But again, it's Brian, it's not just like a widespread sweeping system. This is like just kind of isolated stuff. No, and, and it's not enough. Uh, when, when you look at where the severe deterioration in conditions have been, especially uh, Illinois as a whole state, and then looking into Indiana and, and Ohio, uh, that's the area that uh, we really need to see some improvement. Uh, and right now it's this battle between the GFS and the Euro. The Euro is consistently drier. Uh, a couple, you know, not last night, but the night before the Euro went wet. We were down 10 right away in corn. And then, you know, he wake up in the morning and the Euro is drier and, and we recover. So this is the, the, you know, battle of trading the weather market right now. Yeah, the way it looks right now, I mean, it looks like Illinois and Indiana are just going to kind of be shut out. And now the rains are going to be all around those areas. Like down in my neighborhood in Tennessee, it's going to be wet. And in Missouri, it's going to be wet. And the plains are going to be wet. And parts of Iowa uh, may be wet. But this like... This area here, this Illinois, Indiana, Ohio area, there's there's a lot of corn in that area. So um, this this absolutely matters. And uh, guys, once we get to Sunday night, the forecasts matter. Quick plug here, of course. Um, we do our pre-open weather video uh, every Sunday at about 6 p.m. Central Time before the market's open. We'll run through the model changes, what we think it means for the market. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, uh, you want to see this video this Sunday, go to standardgrain.com. 50 bucks a month, sign up this morning, guys. So USDA will release its monthly crop production and WASD reports here this morning at 11 central time. While the USDA does not typically adjust its corn, its, its U.S. corn and soybean yield projections in June, it has happened on a few occasions. Traders generally expect to see reduced U.S. demand projections on the corn, soybean, and wheat balance sheets. The June 30th planted acreage and grain stocks report is typically the bigger report this month. Are they going to change the yields today, Brian? Typically, they don't. You know, history would say they only change it in June because of delayed planting. But I feel like uh, there's a new group in the USDA, and maybe they're a little bit more willing to make changes that uh, the old guard has not made before. Um, so I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for a yield change, but I think it's more possible now with this group than it has been previously. So if USDA comes out today, guys, and they leave the corn yield unchanged at 181.5, I don't think that means necessarily that. USDA is still on board with the trend yield. What it means is that they're following procedure and that they'll ultimately, I mean, I, I think they're going to have to come down given these dry conditions. Maybe it's not by a lot at, at some point, but I think an unchanged number, like it, it doesn't mean that, yeah, USDA still says 181 and a half. I mean, yeah, they're saying it, but I think it's just more of a procedural thing. Um, are you looking for demand reductions like everybody else? Yeah, you know, we, we should see some demand reductions on the export side of things again. Uh, that's been the theme over the last several months, and I think that theme will continue. Yeah, that's the one change on the U.S. balance sheets that you should see. If you see anything on the new crop U.S. balance sheets, again, maybe it's a yield change, but it would probably be more like a beginning stocks type thing via reduced old crop demand. Uh, not a ton of changes expected on the global balance sheets. Maybe the Argentina numbers come down a little bit, but uh, report out at 11 a.m. Central Time, guys. 
So according to NOAA, El Nino is officially here. The influence of El Nino is expected to be weak throughout the summer and intensify in late fall through spring. During the summer, the weather pattern typically causes the southern U.S. to experience cooler, wetter weather. The northern U.S. usually experiences warmer temperatures and drier than average conditions. Growing conditions in the, mid in the Midwest usually benefit from El Nino because it increases the likelihood of precipitation. It's official. It's official, Brian. Uh, does this mean anything to you? It doesn't mean anything to me. No, you know, I mean, if I'm trying to, you know, look at the uh, the wording here, um, it it suggests that the El Nino pattern is here, but it's going to be weak through summer. So how much influence is that going to have during the growing season? Uh, and I think the phrase that we just all need to keep our ears open for is Northwest flow. If we start hearing the, the uh, meteorologists talk more and more about that idea, then that should suggest we're going to have some good systems come through the, the Midwest. But I want to I hear that uh, come out of their mouths before I get uh, aggressively bearish. Okay, so first thing, like there's almost always some sort of El Nino or La Nina like every year. This is a story you hear about every year. Secondly, for me, I think the market cares about the forecast for the next seven days and doesn't really have much interest in this longer term stuff. I know it's interesting to talk about. It, it definitely is. It just doesn't doesn't do a whole lot for me that this is the headline that, oh, it's it's official now. You know, I don't think that I don't think the markets care. I don't think traders care. I think we're focused a lot more on like the short term stuff that that is sometimes able to be predicted, you know. The S&P 500 gained 0.6% on Thursday and advanced into a new bull market. The index is up 20% from its closing low last October. A 20% increase from a low is the standard measure for defining the end of a bear market and uh, moving into a bull market. The Dow Jones also had a positive day, gaining 0.5%. The NASDAQ gained 1% and is now up 30% from its closing low last December. Same thing, Brian. It's official. Uh, bear market's yeah. over. Buy it. Yeah. Just buy everything. Don't worry about it. There's no risk. It's a bull market now. Sure. Uh, you can't say that on, on sarcasm. You can't sarcasm. say that. Yeah. Sarcasm <laughs> in asterisks. Uh, here's my wall of worry chart that you guys have seen before. The, mar the market has acted very, very well this year compared to last year. Last year, the S&P lost almost 20%. We are up 11.8% year to date, despite the fact that everybody's talking recession. Everybody's worried about the impact of higher interest rates. Um, the stock market tends to bottom like early. I mean, the Fed hasn't even paused officially yet, and it looks like we're already off to the races. But just like in the El Nino thing, I mean, saying that we're officially out of a bear market does not mean a damn thing. Um, this thing could collapse tomorrow. It, it's just it's just a statistical measure of what the market has done. Past action, it means absolutely nothing for uh, the future. U.S. corn export sales are still poor. Net sales, excuse me, net corn sales of 172,700 metric tons for the current marketing year were down 8% from the previous week, but up significantly from the prior four-week average. Accumulated corn sales are down 36% compared to the same period last year. Net soybean sales of 207,200 metric tons for the current marketing year were up 68% from the previous week and up noticeably from the prior four week average. Net sales of wheat were 234,800 metric tons for the 2023-2024 marketing year, which began here on June 1st. Brian, I don't know if you looked at the new crop numbers. We had net cancellations of new crop corn sales. Uh, Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala canceled some corn. Um, new crop soybean sales were okay, but uh, we've definitely got an export problem here. USDA says uh, 
new crop corn exports for the new crop marketing are going to be up like 18% versus this year. Um, I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot of people who are buying what they're selling in regard to that projection. Yeah. I, you know, the only bright spot here is the old crop bean sales. We continue to yeah. do that. We had China import a lot of beans in the month of May, but you're absolutely right. The new crop book stinks. Um, and you should not see cancellations of a new crop uh, purchase at this time of year. Not a good look. Um, and so with the USDA using what roughly 750 million bushels, more demand for the 23-24 crop versus 22-23, that's going to be the big problem moving forward. And maybe that demand does materialize to an extent, but it's not going to be at five bucks. That demand's waiting for four bucks. Uh, yeah, and that's a tough that's a tough pill to swallow if you're. A farmer watching right now that you need four dollar corn to generate demand um if, if you're going to rally this market substantially it's probably going to have to be a yield issue here in the u.s because the demand just doesn't uh, appear to be there mackenzie cattle market was um volatile yeah. yesterday i guess yeah uh so both live and feeder cattle futures close an average of 90 cents lower on thursday Obviously, we all know we've had a couple down days in the cattle futures market, but the fundamentals still remain incredibly bullish for the futures market. Cash cattle trade was fairly limited on Thursday, but was but what was reported was pretty darn good. Down in the Texas panhandle, fats traded at 185, uh, which was five to ten dollars higher than last week. Box beef continues its upward climb. Choice was up 354 on Thursday, closing at 328.73, which was a high for this year. Select was up two. 54 closing at 304.10. Uh, outside markets this morning, guys. U.S. dollars up a little bit. Stocks off just marginally. Bonds off a little bit. Precious metals mixed. Crude oil up seven cents at 71.36 in the July WTI. Brian, uh, do you predict anything for the report today? Big surprises. Anything out of left field? I think the only thing that would be a surprise is the USDA uh, changing corn yield right now. Just again, based on their standard protocol and history, that would suggest that would be a surprise. Um, but other than that, I don't know what, uh, what surprises we might see. Yeah, this is not one that's typically associated with surprises, but anything goes USDA at 11. Everybody have a, a wonderful weekend. Thanks for joining me early, Brian and Mackenzie. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.